The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, alongside me, my co-host Avery Davis, and today is Tuesday, September 29th. This is episode number 41 of the series. In just a bit, I'll be talking with redshirt senior Zarek Cooper of the JSU football team because it is game week. The quarterback is beginning his third year at JSU with a lot of school records within his grasp as we approach game number one of the 2020 fall schedule. His interview in just a few moments, but first, a few quick items. Last week's guest was football's Jeremiah Harris, who began his college career as a walk-on from Abbeville High School before earning a full scholarship with the Gamecocks. The redshirt junior is now slated to start at safety for Jack State this season. To listen to previous episodes, Behind the Beat can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Another reminder that single game tickets are now on sale for the Mercer game October 10th. Tickets can be purchased online by phone or at the ticket office at Pete Matthews Coliseum with a credit card. And very limited numbers of student tickets are still available for the game. So if you're a JSU student, Claim your tickets now by going to your MyJSU account. There's only a few left, so if you want to come to the game, be sure to log on, claim that ticket, print it out, and bring it to the game to be scanned. Sticking with football, it's game week for the Gamecocks. JSU football opens the four-game season on the road Saturday in Tallahassee against Florida State. Kickoff with the Seminoles is set for 3 p.m. Central Time at Doak Campbell Stadium. The game will broadcast on ACC Regional Sports Network, which means most of you will be able to catch the game on Fox Sports South. If you're outside the market, you can visit our football schedule at jsugamecocksports.com and click on the broadcast affiliates link to see what channel the game is on in your area. Last week, three Gamecock golfers were named to the Atlantic Suns All-Decade team. Jose Campra, Angie Green, and JSU Athletics Hall of Famer Matias Anselmo received the honors. In total, five Gamecocks from three different sports were recognized for their contributions as members of the A-Sun from 2001 to 2010. For our NFL update, former Gamecock Saran Neal played exclusively on special teams in the Bills' 35-32 win over the Los Angeles Rams, but he did not record any stats. Also, Troy Mayne Pope continues to be on the practice squad of the Los Angeles Chargers and Josh Pearson on the practice squad of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Neil and the Bills are off to a great start, 3-0 in consecutive seasons for the first time since 1991 and 1992. That's everything new happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. 
Zarin Cooper is beginning his third season at Jacksonville State following his transfer from Clemson, so the Gamecock quarterback is definitely familiar with Saturday's ACC opponent. Going into the four-game fall, Cooper is just one touchdown pass away from tying JSU Hall of Famer Ed Lett for most scores through the air in program history with 61. In this week's interview, Coop talks about playing the Seminoles, his friendship with the NFL's Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson, and how his team has prepared for 2020 despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Here is this week's guest, Zarek Cooper. Joined on the podcast this week by redshirt senior quarterback Zarek Cooper. Coop, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us and have a conversation. I'm glad to be on here. Thanks for having me. Well, Coop, first of all, it's game week. Does this game week feel different than any other game week you've had? Um, no. Uh, I mean, this is just something that we've got to prepare for, that we knew that was coming uh, over the summer. So, I mean, right now we just got to go on forward and just be happy to play. I think talking with Coach Gross, I mean, you guys have been practicing for what seems like forever. Throughout that, how have you kind of stayed motivated and gone through this fall camp into transitioning to what is your – regular kind of practice for game week tell me about what that preparation has been like uh it's been shaky uh from summer to now uh being that we had some uncertainty about having the season so i know me personally it was kind of up in the air about you know working out but which i still did but it's like are we having a season why are we doing all this and we're not even guaranteed a season uh Mm -hmm. so when we got the information about having four games that's something really actually clipped for me that okay it's time to get right uh let's do certain things to prepare for the game so that's what something that i've been doing and you bring up a good point there too you know staying in shape and when everything got kind of shut down in april how did you find a way to stay in shape what did you do outside of the university to uh, keep informed well basically i have a close relationship with a lot of nfl guys mm-hmm. uh to name a few uh sanu uh, Muhammad Sanu played for San Francisco. Deshaun Watson played for Texans. Cam. It's just been a, ver- a variety of players that I've done a bit of relationship with. So mm-hmm. most of them guys come to Atlanta, and I, I got a chance to throw with a lot of them. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing, throwing and probably doing like a couple weight sessions with them. Something that coaches talked about a lot is you know, he, he's worried about blocking and tackling. You know, he's he's watched a lot of videos, a lot of games of guys that aren't ready to really go out and play on defense for you being an offensive guy what's it been like for you guys how do you feel like the offense is coming along and I know you've had more scrimmages than normal you've had a lot of reps there and I know you haven't had your entire offense there because you know it seems like every week there's somebody out sick but how do you feel like the offense is coming along uh they're coming along pretty good uh I mean minus the the COVID issues when people are going in and out uh I mean right now we're just communicating better you know, on and off the field. And that's going to take us a long way, being that we have that team bond on offense. As far as on the field, uh, I mean, we just got to continue to build that, that chemistry. Uh, that's going to take us a long way at the end of the day. So, I mean, just talking and communicating, that's going to really help us going into these, this week and next week. You go into Saturday, Florida State's 0-2. They had a three-point loss to Georgia Tech, had a rough one with Miami, and obviously Miami is Miami. They're always yeah. going to be that way. But uh, – you know, you look at Florida State and you say they're 0-2 and, and you can talk about, you know, they're, they're having a rough year. But at the end of the day, they're still Florida State. How Absolutely. have you as a team captain, as a leader, talking to your offense, what have you told them about this game? How do you get them amped up to play? I'm just telling them like, this is a big game. Uh, they Everybody always dream of playing Power 5 teams or playing Power 5. So here's the opportunity to play Power 5. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, that is something that we can't look at their record being that they're 0-2, but at the same time, they're still Florida State. They play the Clemsons. They play Alabama. So 
being that they're on two, that shouldn't justify how we play them. We just got to come ready to play and play Jacksonville State football. Obviously, they have a new coach this year, and you're a former ACC guy, and I know you saw Florida State play at Clemson. Being able to have that experience of watching them, how is Florida State Florida State? How do you explain that to the guys that oh, haven't man, seen they're, them in they're, person? They're a strong powerhouse. Mm-hmm. They're willing to be aggressive. Uh, I always play with speed. I mean, they just that they just have that that it factor at their mentality. So, I mean, that is something that we got to adjust to being that they're power five. So, I mean, that is something we got to continue to work on. Blocking, as Coach Gross said, tackling. That is going to be something we got to get used to the game speed that they play at. Mm-hmm. Going into this season. Do you think about records? Do you think about personal records that you have? I don't. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you asked that because yesterday I found out that I'm one touchdown away mm-hmm. from ALS school records. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Uh, I mean, it's no pressure on me. Uh, I just got to go out and play and, uh, I mean, God handle the rest. What do you think's allowed you to kind of do that? You, you mentioned that record specifically. Uh, Ed Lett has 61 touchdowns, passing touchdowns in his career, and he did that from 79 to 82 in four years, and you're rolling up on year number three and you have 60 already. What do you think has allowed you to do that? Uh, just confident in my receivers. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that's my job to get a ball to playmakers. And uh, the past two years, uh, the receiver credit that I had, and they gave me a tremendous opportunity to do that. Uh, right now, I just got to focus on continue my receivers this year, even though they're young, and uh, the rest take care of itself. And you mentioned that in the press conference earlier is having – patience you look at last year's receivers that you had some guys that have been here for a while you've got one of them that was catching passes from Tom Brady earlier this summer and now you go to a less experienced receiving course so tell me what that's been like through practice and like you said explain what you meant by having patience with those guys uh what I mean by patience is just taking the time out with them and just teaching them certain routes or certain releases that I I think that can help them elevate their game. Uh, basically, what I'm used to coming from Clemson, even to past two years for the Josh them, uh, just really just slowing them down and actually think about the details of running a route versus just going out and just running everything full speed. It's certain ways you got to do certain things. So, I mean, with my knowledge of receivers and who I worked with over the summer, they gave me a little nuances to help my receivers to better them. So, right now, I'm just taking just slowing them down, learning the routes, and, of course, timing with them. How important is it that you guys play these four games? I know when things shut down back in the spring, there were a lot of questions around if we would have football in the fall, and luckily we've got four games out of it with some plans to play in the spring. Tell me about what it was like when you heard that we were going to get those four games because there was there was a little bit of time there to where we just didn't know. Uh, it was a relief. Uh, I know – my, for myself, I love the game of football, and, and I don't know what I would do without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the four games that we have, we got to take that and just take that in consideration and just go out and play full speed and play like that's our last down. Because, I mean, we still don't know if the kids still be canceled. So we just got to take that into consideration and just play full speed. I know we already had Florida International scheduled. It was just a matter of when they would show up on the schedule once fall schedule kind of got somewhat canceled. But then we added Mercer for the home game. We kept UNA on the schedule going to Florence, Alabama, and then we added Florida State to the mix. And so whenever you saw that schedule and those were going to be your four games in the fall, what was your initial thought? Yes, (laughs) Uh, I I got excited, but it was kind of up and down for me Uh because I I heard we was playing FIU first. Mm -hmm. I then had to buy, then play Florida State or however the mix up was. So it was like 
I started prepping for FIU. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, we're playing Florida State first. Mm-hmm. So I had to flip the switch and just start breaking down Florida State film. So, I mean, overall, when I got the news, it's like, okay, it's time to play. Like, this is what you're waiting for. You got four games, so let's shoot your shot. And both of those schools you mentioned are FBS schools, but talk about what a big difference is from prepping for Florida International to all of a sudden you find out you've got Seminoles. Uh, I mean, it's a, it was a big adjustment. Uh they have the same similar style of defense, but just a different touch to it. Uh, being that Florida State's offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator came from Memphis, and then you still got to study FIU. So it was kind of up and down, like, do I get FIU games or FSU games? And I still got to figure out the the schemes that he did at Memphis from Florida State uh, defensive coordinator. So it was a big you know, runaround for me at first, but at the end of the day, I got it, and uh, now I'm ready to play Florida State for our first game. How much prep do you do on your own like that, aside from what the coaches tell you when they give you a playbook? How much of that do you take upon yourself to go and study a team? Uh, see, and that's what helped me a lot. Uh, I mean, on an average week, so say we get a team in Sunday after a game, Saturday, I come in Sunday, I probably watch a game or two Sunday. So that's probably like an hour and 30 minutes. So. Probably 30 minutes to an hour every day. So we're looking like, what, seven hours of my own film watching. So, I mean, that's something that has helped me tremendously growing as a quarterback. And you had the chance this year to watch those two Florida State games. Both both scrimmages on Saturday have ended soon enough that you can get home and watch the broadcast. What do they look like this year? Uh, uh, Like I said, they're aggressive. Uh, They play fast. Uh, I mean, Right now, we just got to worry about us. Uh, I mean, Saturday is going to take care of itself if we focus on ourselves. Uh, we got to continue to harp on the little things that coaches are telling us to do and then everything else to take care of itself mm-hmm. with a victory or whatever the case may be. You're talking about knowing a lot of NFL guys and working out with them in Atlanta. I know that you're very close with Cam Newton. What has Cam been to you being a big-time quarterback that he is and obviously Deshaun as well, but – Talking about those two guys and what a an influence they've been on you and the mentorship that they've been able to lend you through your career. Oh yeah, they've been in my corner for a minute. Uh, probably since I was sophomore year in high school. Uh, I knew Deshaun, I knew Cam my sophomore year in high school. I just met Deshaun even my my freshman year in college. So, mm-hmm. I mean, having them two in my corner is like it's best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got the two guys who I try to simulate my game to. You know, you got the Cam, the powerful runner. You got Deshaun, the finesse player. So, I mean, it's it's kind of good to have them in my corner. So, I get the best of both worlds on that aspect. How does Cam like New England? He loves it. <laughs> he loves it, man. I, I wish I wish, I wish, wish him the best at the end of the day. Uh, he's got to keep working. Mm-hmm. How much do you talk to Josh Pearson now that he's in Tampa? Well, we try to talk probably like once or twice a week. Uh, I know the COVID issues uh, that happened in March and moving forward from then. Uh, I try to get him to come to Atlanta, work out with me with like some new and stuff like that. But he always stood me up. He ain't never come <laughs> to Atlanta. <laughs> now, now that he's in training camp, he won't answer texts either. So you're not the only one. I know. He'd be <laughs> like that sometimes, man. He'd be like that. Going back to this year's team, talking about those young receivers, being patient with them. One of the big bright spots that you've got is you've got an All-American added back to the team and Trey Berry, who missed a lot of time last year with an injury. Trey's back this year, and Trey was one of those guys that, you know, you could find him downfield. He was sneaky. It's like he was invisible. Yeah. He'd, he'd be wide open. Tell me about what it's like having somebody 
Trey's caliber back on the field. It's great having Trey back. Uh, that's probably one of the guys that I have that connection with mm -hmm. other than the two receivers I had last year. So having him back, man, it's a big part of our offense because uh, he's going to be a heavy part of our offense. Of course, the run game with a couple of transfer that we got. So Trey is going to be that guy that we rely on nine times out of ten on third downs or whatever the case may be. So he's going to be a big part of our offense. Kind of switching gears a little bit on the academic side. School's a little different this year. What's it been like for you in the classroom? Is there a lot of in-person classes you're taking? Has it been hybrid? Are you all Zoom? What's it been like for you? So, I mean, being that I graduated in July, mm -hmm. so it's, I'm working on my master's. So I'm taking what, nine hours of uh, classes right now. So, I mean, mainly all my classes are online. So I, I have plenty of time to watch fam and also do classes. So, I mean, that's good to have. Is it harder having an online class or is it harder having the in-person class because i know myself it would be hard for me to think oh i've got that dude tonight i need to get on the computer and do it i would i'm one of those that always pushed homework back as far as i could uh for me uh i say it's easier because uh -huh. you can do it at your own time even though you got a certain due date mm -hmm. so i mean in class you gotta worry about the teacher talking you falling asleep <laughs> or you feel me like you ain't gotta do that if you go in class so i mean having online classes that's probably top for me What's it been like on campus for you? I know, uh, obviously, when we have our home game, that'll be the first time we've we've really had a crowd on campus. I know, obviously, when you're at practice, you can hear the Southerners over on the practice field doing their thing, and that's even going to be a little different this year. But how has the all-around vibe been, and are you looking to the home game being a little different? Well, the home game itself, it, uh, it brings the crowd out. I mean, of course, you have your uh, COVID issues or concerns. So, uh, I mean, I'm just excited to have a home game, and hopefully we have a, a nice crowd that we can play in front of and showcase our talents, and they come cheer for us. For the football team, being on campus for as long as you guys have, and I think somewhat setting the standard for – everyone returning to campus i mean when you when you have the football team on campus with covid going on and the way you guys prepare for it the way you guys protect yourself from it basically you were kind of what the university looked at to say okay well the football team's doing things this way and it seems to be working out tell me kind of what your prep was like as a team and how you guys have been able to stay healthy through this whole thing well i give credit to our training staff and coach cross uh, i mean the whole situation that we had going on, uh, I mean, they came up with a perfect plan, stay inside our bubble. I mean, even though we didn't get tested every week, but we had certain things we had to do as far as like coming to workouts. So we had a group separated. We had a total of five, six groups. So you had a group, A1, A2, A3, all the way down. So we was never together mm -hmm. after our two weeks period. So that's how long we had to stay separated until we came together. So. Our first two weeks, it was in groups. So we had one group on this side of the field, one group on the other side, another group on the other side. And at the end of each station, we had to rotate. But we never was together. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is something that has helped us. Uh, I think we didn't have our first COVID case until, I want to say, late, late June or mid-June. Mm -hmm. We didn't have our first COVID case. And when that came, it was like we knew it was going to happen. It just didn't matter time when. So, I mean, even with that, when we found out, we had just had to take a step back and follow our procedures. Mm -hmm. And so that's what led us to this point where, I mean, now COVID cases has kind of got high on our team, but, I mean, we got everybody back now. So that's something that Coach Gross and Dustin has came up with, and uh, that's all them guys. You guys were able to distance pretty well. I know meetings were kind of broken up, and you guys were in a lot of different places. And I think a, a big asset, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, has been the, the new weight room. 
and just how much space you guys have in there. Tell me, tell me what it's been like having the new weight room. It's been good. Uh, I mean, like you said, we have a lot of space. Uh, we're able to separate. Even when we go in the weight room, it was always two to a group. Mm -hmm. And once again, you was always working out with your group. So one side on the other group and another side on the other. But you always working out with two what two people, mm -hmm. whoever maybe. But they got to be in your group. So that is something uh, Dustin and Coach Gavin have came up with, and that that has been tremendous to us. We'll wrap it up, but before we do, going back to something you said on the press conference, and I thought it was a fantastic answer. You were asked about looking towards your pro career. What did you say on the presser when that was asked? Right now, I'm not focused on pursuing my career. Uh, right now, I'm just focusing on the four games and uh, my college experience right now. Coop, I loved the answer. I thought it was fantastic. I, I knew I had to ask you about that. and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. We're really looking forward to getting back on Saturday. It's going to be a short drive to Tallahassee. And it is. I can't wait to see you guys back on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I look forward to Saturday. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand-new episode and another guest. So for Avery Davis, I am Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.